This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your Nopia source for thriving with diabetes. I'm Taylor Danielle, and welcome. If you're new, welcome back. If you've been here before, let's talk about the balance between following your doctors or medical team's advice and listening to your body. As you can imagine, having an invisible disability you have to learn how to find balance between the two, especially when you are diagnosed with something where it can feel a little hopeless or helpless sometimes because you're not sure if you're ever going to really find your stride with it and be able to still do the things that you want to do. There's, you know, a real kind of scale factor here of, okay, do I go with just what I want to do or do I go ahead and do what my doctors say and take all this medication, all these things. And you have to come to a place of understanding that it takes a little bit of both, but I can totally understand how it can be a challenge. So that's what I want to dive into today on how you can possibly find your own rhythm with yourself and with your medical team and how I've done it as well in order to find the best flow in your treatment plan to ensure that you've got the stable numbers that you need, the A1C that you want, and can still live and thrive despite everything else. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Daniel, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk but for diabetics. Eee, minus the entanglements though. So let's do it. find this balance? How do we ensure that we are doing what's best for our bodies, but also heeding the words of our medical professionals who have taken the time to study exactly what's going on with the human body, especially for seeing someone like a dietitian or an endocrinologist who specializes in diabetes care. So I think the first thing that I had to understand for myself and that I would say is recognize that Doctors are experts in their field. They are. But they don't know your body. They don't have the context of having spent time with you over so many years and knowing the ins and outs of what you have going on. So when you are thinking about discussing with your medical teams your diagnoses and how you can find a treatment plan that works for you, you have to advocate for yourself and speak up in terms of what's going on. Now, 
I do understand that there's typically this idea that we should I'll call it lie <laughs> about what's going on at home because we don't want to feel judged by a doctor. And I can understand why, because there have been times where, you know, doctors not in the medical room, but like outside of it have been pretty snobby <laughs> about their titles. And I can get it. If you spent time earning your doctorate and doing residency, that's a lot of time. And then you got to do this big ass test and all these certifications. There's a lot that goes with becoming a physician. I get that. The thing about it is that there's still people. And because there's still people, we have to remember that the, this is just someone that we go to who is knowledgeable about this specific thing. And I need to pick their brains in order to understand what's going on so I can make the best informed decision. We do it all the time. Every time we shop for something, every time we want to make something, we seek out people who have made it a point to be knowledgeable in that, whether that is through actual certifications or not. Please don't go to a YouTube doctor. Okay, let me just get that out right now. If now, and I mean like somebody who's, this is what I did, right? Very much grain of salt. If they are a actual doctor giving advice on YouTube, you still need to take it to your medical team because they might not be licensed in your state. There might be different rules, regulations, whatever. Just online presence of folks, take it with grain of salt. Always want to buy your medical professional. And if it feels that badly, then find another one that lines up with what they're saying, but that they can actually see you and treat you versus just say stuff over your head. So I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> but we have to advocate for ourselves. We have to be able to say, here's what's going on. I'm finding myself snacking in the middle of the night. No, it's not always because my blood sugar is low. I'm just hungry, but, or maybe it is because my blood sugar is low. But now when I do have a snack, I'm noticing that my numbers are starting to spike in the morning. What are you snacking on? I have some salted mixed nuts. And then I also like to mix in a little bit of this, like, it's like trail mix, but it's not salted and it's mostly dried fruit mm, might be the dried fruit that's doing it for you let's see about cutting back on that or what are some alternative snacks that you'd be interested in that work i go for the the nuts because it's quick i don't have to make anything i don't really have anything else okay we might need some like they have these uh protein snack packs that might be really good where it's got a little bit maybe a small piece of fruit some cheese and some protein or something like that that might be better if you're finding yourself needing to treat a low and you don't uh, want to spike yourself too hard. Spitballing here, that's literally something that I went through. And so every now and then go through where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm hungry and I check my numbers and it's teetering where it could possibly go low. And so I'd rather treat it to keep it even. And then I wake up and it's spiked. And then there have been more times lately that I've noticed where I wake up hungry and I'm, I'm not like low. And so it's trying to determine what is my body telling me? And I feel like, or at least what I'm getting ready to experiment with understanding is my hydration is off. And so it's so off <laughs> that it's waking me up in the middle of the night to where I need some water. Now, I also do have, I feel like a piece of it is just like habit from my early days when I didn't know I was diabetic yet and just waking, I couldn't sleep through the night because I always had to wake up and drink a bottle of water. So there's a lot there to unpack, but we have to be honest about that. I used to do that even well before my diagnosis. I would wake up and I would be really thirsty and really hungry and then I would go eat 
And especially at that time, it was nothing good (laughs) at all. Be honest. Give context to your doctors. I understand that it's hard because you don't want to feel shamed, right? You don't want to hear, you shouldn't be doing that, shouldn't be doing that. I Listen, I have no problem going into my doctor's office and starting off with a a slight disclaimer monologue. Hey, I'm going to share everything that's going on. Just I get I'm not supposed to do some of this stuff or I get some of this stuff might not be the best. So I would just appreciate if there is a way for you to communicate with me. I don't need a lecture. (laughs) I'm I'm making it more difficult than what actually was. Hey, just to let you know, I recognize that there are some habits and things that didn't go. I don't need a lecture about that. I'm really just here to game plan how to make it better. Like we have to start interacting with our medical team like that. When we shy away from sharing what's really going on, we miss opportunities to learn ways of how we can combat that. And I don't tell my doctor that they can't like talk to me how they are because I I truly believe in people being themselves. I just skip past the lecture part. I don't need a lecture. I'm not your kid. I'm not your student. (laughs) I'm not someone to preach to. Here's what I got going on. I get that this is probably something where I need to cut this but I'm struggling because this is what I'm feeling. How do I treat that? Keep it cut and dry to that point because when we give room for people to not guide us for us to come to our own understanding of it, that's a part of what can lead to that shame and that guilt of I just got bitched at by my doctor for 15 minutes and now I'm leaving this appointment with a prescription in my hand and a list of things to do that I don't want to do or that don't line up with my lifestyle because I couldn't tell them what was going on. And now I'm defeated and I never want to go to the doctor again. And sometimes, yes, it does take some shopping around. I'm not going to lie. Just like your therapist, just your barber, your hairstylist, your nail lady, whatever. Like sometimes you might have to try a couple people before you can find somebody that you can communicate with. But you have to try to communicate first. You have to be able to speak up and say for yourself, this is what it is. Miss me with telling me that this is a bad thing to do. Help me figure out what works. So the the second thing that I want to touch on is tapping into your body's feeling, right? Because we all have this internal system that alerts us and speaks to us sometimes beyond like actual physical stuff. If you're not spiritual, I get it. But for those who are, I literally get this warming sensation thing when something is right. Sometimes I even start leaning forward. This is right. Other times people might say it's just a vibe or energy. Like when something feels off, it might be off. It's okay to say, you know what? This doesn't feel right. And I know a lot of times we, especially when we get into the presence of doctors, they're about facts. They're about scientific facts, right? If I can't see it, touch it here, whatever, there's no way for me to agree that this is a thing. It is not to say that doctors don't believe in vibes and energy, anything else like that. I definitely have met them, but I can understand why they try to talk you off the ledge of, oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. Oh, it's just this. And all you say is, cool, I'll keep that in mind. Because we shouldn't downplay our internal system that lets us know when shit is weird. And I'm sure people, you know, have plenty of examples of when those kind of moments happen of something fell off and I'm glad that I got out of there because moments later this went down. So we have to start leaning into those feelings and those moments because the more that we do, the more that we become accustomed to it and we can know, hey, 
okay, I'm getting this weird feeling. Something's off. I need to check something. I need to look at something. Especially when it comes to medication, you have to pay attention to that, right? Now, I do like to ask my doctors, is there an adjustment phase to this? So for example, the two medications that I'm taking is Sinjardi and the Oxampic pen. And part of what they do, especially the Ozampic pen, is appetite suppressant. They're supposed to help curb me from eating so much so I can lose some weight because my doctor said I need to lose 40 pounds. And it's something that I feel like I needed to be aware of because it sounded like already it's changing a lot within my body chemistry. And although I feel like it shouldn't be so weight driven like that, I'm willing to give it a go to see how things turn out. I'm, I'm all for trying it before I decide I don't want to do it. And one of the things is you might experience some nausea and you might need to eat. And usually that's when I do experience it is that I took my shot and then I didn't eat for several hours. And that's when I start to feel a little bit nauseated, but it did absolutely suppress my appetite. Food felt like a chore. And I don't like that particular feeling because I enjoy food and I don't want to feel like food is something to hate. I think that's a, a part of our humanity is that we don't have to see these moments of body maintenance in a way as something to despise. I enjoy flavors and trying different. God, when I'm able to travel the world, like seriously, I'm going to be stuffing my face responsibly. But I don't want to feel like I have to miss out on the pleasure of food so I can lose weight. So I did experience some weight loss. I did gain it back because of my insurance from my job and the insurance that I'm on now, there was a lapse in about three weeks, almost four weeks. And I ran out of both medications. So I am starting over. I'm back on my pill. I'm waiting for my pen to get approved because my insurance needs all this stuff for my doctor. Neither here nor there. But I noticed in that time, because I'd only been on it for four, maybe five weeks that as my body is like not receiving new doses, I'm getting hungry, y'all. I, I, I was actually concerned something was wrong. And that was one of the concerns that I had was that, okay, I get taking this, it'll suppress my appetite, help me with my weight loss, blah, blah, blah. But what about when I come off of it? I don't want to suddenly want to inhale everything that I see. Granted, over time, I feel like, you know, I would adjust to that and there we are, but even still was a concern. And sure enough, just after barely a month and a half, that's what happened. Now there could be other factors in play here, so I'm not ruling that out, but that's a thing. And so all of that to say, ask what the expectations are when you're getting ready to start a new medic a medication regimen or whatever, so that when something feels weird, you can check it against, okay, you know what? The doctor did say this might happen. And so I just need to monitor this and ask your doctors, hey, when's the point where I need to get some help? If something gets too bad like this, what do I do and who do I reach out to? But we have to exercise listening to our internal system compass, if you will, that says this ain't right or you're not going the right way. Because I feel like we get those vibrations for a reason. We get those senses for a reason, sixth sense, if you will. And I don't think that we should just completely rule them out. Practice leaning into that. Practice learning when you feel like something's off, pay very close attention to that. Because I feel like it works with people too. So if you're working with a doctor that something doesn't feel right, and I want to very clearly define something truly feels wrong versus 
I just don't want to listen. I just don't care what he has to say. There's a difference because doctors do have to step in. And even though they've learned bedside manner, but they have to tell us some hard stuff. And we as humans sometimes get defensive of that. And we have to be careful of not confusing. You know what? I don't like what you're telling me. So I'm just out. I say everybody gets three. Right. I'm going to meet with you once twice and then a third time. And if I'm still feeling like everything that you're saying to me is just not working, then I'll say, you know what? I think I need to seek someone else because it gives me time to marinate on. Am I in my feelings about this or is this truly like something that's wrong? Ooh, this is a, an interesting one because I feel like it goes in hand with what I was saying about advocating for yourself. Ask questions. And I don't even mean when you're in the appointment, because I totally get it. I've been there. I've done that world. Do you have any questions about this? And I'm like, do I? What could I possibly ask right now? Because a lot of our doctors are in like clinic like setting where they're seeing people back to back to back to back every 15 minutes or so. And I sometimes wonder, have you had a breath yet? Because when I go into my doctor's appointment, I don't want it to feel like I'm being rushed out which leads to treating symptoms only and not root causes of things. I would like to, in the long run, have um, a holistic doctor where I can have you know, maybe a 30 minute to an hour an appointment. Like I love going to you know my eye doctor because it's a lengthy appointment and I really can talk to my optician, oh my God, my eye doctor. <laughs> and really hear out, I've been seeing her for years and really let her know what's going on and how I'm feeling and how my glasses are working or my contacts or whatever, and truly be in tune with that. Obviously it's harder when you're treating for medical conditions because I have to see so many people and it's tough, but we definitely have to be able to ask those questions. Now, if you don't have any questions immediately, but you do have questions after the fact, a lot of offices now have online systems for you to schedule, for you to do the things, y'all. That's really all I'm trying to say. Cancel appointments and messaging. You can message your medical care team. I use that heavily. I use it to talk to my dietitian. I use it to talk to my primary care. I use it to talk to my endocrinologist. And... Oh, and, and my gynecologist. I think it's great because if it's an emergency, obviously that you can call a nurse's line and say something. But if you're concerned about something and you just need them to think on it and share whatever it is, then you can communicate that. And that's what I do. Hey, I'm noticing I'm having these type of reactions to this. Is this normal? What can I do about it? Blah, blah, blah. And I think the more that we do that, the more that we can get a bit more relief in between visits of, okay, I'm getting a second opinion on this, basically letting them know, keep them in the loop as stuff comes up. Because the more that we do that, the better it is for us to be able to really dial in on how we go about our treatment. I noticed that it takes a bit of a minute for my current pill medication to help lower things. And because I'm not taking my shot, I have to be extra mindful of my eating because I notice that I have, I'm having higher numbers than when I was taking my Combiglize, which is an extended release metformin combo in the evenings. And I felt like that was helping because it was in the evenings. Whereas this one I take in the mornings, Sinjardi, which is a Jardiance medication does something a little bit different in that 
helps you go to the bathroom a lot and dumping excess sugar into your urine. That takes an adjustment, right? And it also means I got to keep my water uptake and cannot wait for my gallon water bottle to get here because, yeah. And the only trouble that I'm having with that is filling it because I don't have any type of water filter system. I've got the little pure thing, but I have used it for so long and I can still taste the grossness of the water. There it is. I can just still taste it. I need under sink unit. And the one that I found, it's like almost $200. So it's just like that on top of everything else that I'm trying to get for the house. So I am doing bottled water and I would, you know, just fill that up with that. I do recycle, but it's what I got to do. It's what I have to do for right now. If that means that all I got to do is drink this thing once a day, because I always forget how many bottles I need to drink. It's 128 ounces. I can divide that by 16.9. I'm going to forget that number already of how many bottles that should be. I'm, I got to, I know what works for me. And if I have one bottle, one and done, I'm good. So maybe I switch to the little fountain water cooler thing. Speaking of, I just had a quick snack because I haven't eaten yet. And so it might have been too fruity. It had some. Anyways, I understand that means that I need to up my hydration and I need to be able to keep that going in order to help the medication work. So when I do see my endocrinologist, actually, we'll see him pretty soon. That's one of the things I'm going to bring up. Hey, I noticed that when I was off the medication for this long, like I became really hungry and it makes me a little bit concerned. I get that I haven't been on it long enough. When I transition off of this, like appetite is a concern for me. And the reason why I'm still mentioning this even now is because I wasn't eating at all on this medication regimen. And that's a worry for me. Like trying to force myself to eat is, it's really emotional for me because you go from one extreme of feeling like you're always eating, especially I'm an emotional eater and then trying to figure it out in the middle and it'd be frustrating. And then you go to this new medication regimen and now you don't want to eat at all. And I know I need to eat because then that's how I get all these lows. I was actually having a lot of lows, but I know that having at least for me, at least three meals throughout the day, it helps. But if I'm not hungry in the morning and I'm not hungry by lunch, and if by the time that I get to dinner, it's because I literally <laughs> am starving because I haven't had anything in my system, that's not sustainable either. So we have to be honest in that. And that's something that if I wasn't seeing my endocrinologist in a few days that I would send a message to. It's like, hey, I'm noticing this. This is freaking me out. Help. So we have to ask questions, whether that's in the office or not, because if we don't ask questions and we just go through the motions, we can't adjust. We can't tweak things to fit us versus just doing what they say and it not really working because we're not being upfront about the things that are happening with us. So all that to say, advocate for yourself. Okay. Be honest about what's going on at home so your doctors can help you adjust. Okay. We have to advocate for ourselves. We cannot allow ourselves to go into these offices and get talked over, talked to, talked at, whatever, and leave there feeling defeated. If we don't advocate for ourselves, they can't learn how to treat you and potentially treat other patients. That's how I feel. Like, hey, if I get my doctor in this routine of this is how you need to interact with me, that might go a long way with other people. You never, when something feels off in your body, listen to it. When something doesn't feel right, it might not feel right. With 
little asterisk caveat that don't always assume that it's the absolute worst. Don't immediately write off the advice, but just pay attention to when something feels off and have your own threshold for how to measure, okay, truly off, or I need to give it a minute. (coughs) Okay, so advocate for yourself. Listen to your body when something feels off. Ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. Ask all the questions. Even if you don't think of everything in the middle of your appointment, use, ask your doctor before you leave. If I have questions, how do I get in contact with you? We have an online system where you can send me a message and let me know what's going on or take my card. You can call me if this is, or here's my email. What Find out how you can get in contact with your doctor if you have questions. Because if we don't, ask them when we think of them, if we don't, if we wait too long, because a lot of us are going to appointments at least at minimum three months in between, and a lot can happen in three months. So if we're not taking the time to reach out when something feels weird or off or whatever, we might be hurting ourselves more than helping ourselves because we didn't seek guidance in the midst of it. And it might be too late. I'm not saying that to scare anybody. It's just the fact of the matter that sometimes certain regimens just don't work for you and you don't want to do your body more harm by continually to flow with it, but not have anything to support you. If we don't reach out to our professional team and say, Hey, here's just what's going on. I don't think I should, I think I should stop taking this. Can I use something else? Cause they can write your prescription pretty fast. Last thing, if it ain't working, get a second opinion, right? Get a second opinion. Y'all, these doctors are not your partners, your best friends, your family members. You're not having to go through this emotional breakup with them, okay? If something is not working, get another doctor, okay? My first doctor, I was not a fan of how she just kept upping my metformin and that was it because The first thing that she told me when I was diagnosed was that, oh, I have plenty of patients. They just take metformin and that's it. And you're good to go. You're young, whatever. And no, no shade to anybody who takes medication to manage their diabetes and are thriving. I feel like that should be normalized and that you shouldn't feel ashamed for using medication to manage. I just personally don't want to use medication for life. I was going to say a long period of time, but I've been at this six years. And it's through trial and error of being very inconsistent and not taking sometimes my diagnosis seriously, but I was constantly having issues. I had to get a medical accommodation for work. Like it was disrupting my life way more than it was helping. So I decided, I was like, you know what? This isn't working. So I sought out a different doctor. It was still in the same clinic and all of that. And I made sure she was female and just total transparency. She happened to also be black. That's a thing. Whole conversation for another day. But that was important to me because I wanted to make sure that whoever I was working with was going to hear me. And we have a good, we have a decent flow. Like I'm able to talk to her about things and let her know. And, and she is willing to help me try things out and figure out different ways. And when I was ready for an endocrinologist, she was able to refer me out. I couldn't go to the one that she referred me to because it wasn't within my insurance. But even so, she's been 
really flexible and was like, okay, we need to see a change in this. And I told her, I said, I would like to get to a point where I'm managing off of medication. And she's like, your goal before I will take you off anything or bring you down off anything is 6.5 on your A1C. And you get there and we can do some talking. And so now that my endocrinologist has stepped in, who's still in his trial run, by the way, this next visit is, is visit number two. I'm not sure how I feel, but it doesn't change that when I see my primary, I'm going to let her know, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what the endo said. I understand he takes over. This is where I'm feeling a bit of a disconnect. I'm not sure what to do. And I might see, is there another endocrinologist that you could possibly recommend instead of the Texas endocrinology because they're not within my insurance. So, you know, stuff like that. And, and that's not on her. Like I still have to do the research on that. She referred me. So that's the best that she could do. But even still having the dialogue with her, these are the things that are, are of concern to me and I'm not sure, you know, what to do about it. So it's okay to get another opinion. It's okay to seek somebody out. But at the end of the day, like if I needed to change doctors, I'm going to change doctors because a, you don't know what you don't know. And everybody specializes in, and does treatment in different ways. And sometimes if that treatment doesn't work for you, try somebody else. It's totally okay to do. They're not getting butt hurt. They're getting paid either way, guys. So don't feel bad. Don't just drop the doctor and I get another one. Let me be very clear about that. I hear people joke about doctor said I need to lose 50 pounds. So I lost a hundred and something because I dropped him. Like it still get another doctor. Okay. Because you need access to information that you're not going to take the time to really learn and understand. I'm not going to take the time to go learn endocrinology so I can understand everything about my body and how it's working. What I will do though, is share, here's what my body is doing. And then have somebody with the expertise weigh in and give me options on how to do stuff. So advocate for yourself. If it don't feel right, feel that out like really lean into that with caution, ask hella questions, all the questions. And if you need to get another opinion, okay? So I hope this was helpful because this has been my process for keeping that balance between works for me, what works for me and what doesn't and finding flow in using my medical team's um, knowledge and what I have going on in my day to day and bringing the two together. Now, I will say that might mean that you have to swallow some hard truths. And one of those hard truths for me is exercise. It is something that I continuously am finding myself battling against because I do recognize the beauty in movement, but I'm trying to find movement that helps me feel good. I'm trying to find movement that doesn't feel like a chore. And I'm trying to look at my life, especially now working for myself, where I need to prioritize my health over work, over content creation, over my other you know parts of my business. I'm finding myself glued to my desk a lot. And that means there's something I need to check within myself to tear myself away in order to be able to do what's best for me. So sometimes you might have to check yourself, okay? But overall, that's been my process for trying to balance medical versus what I feel. So I hope this was helpful. Let me know. But in the meantime, I'm really excited for this week's guest. I think it's going to be a really powerful one. So stay tuned because you already know every Tuesdays and Thursdays is where you can find me or me and a guest. So thank you so much for your time. I'll catch you guys next time.